Welcome to the Snohomish Storytellers. Here in our little corner of the universe in Snohomish, we have a strong sense of community and heritage founded in the whispers of yesterday's stories and the narrative of what is being written today. Snohomish Storytellers captures this through organic conversation between Snohomies, former, present, and future. This podcast is brought to you by the historic downtown Snohomish Association. Our mission is to promote, preserve, and improve the downtown historic district as the heart and soul of the city of Snohomish. My name is Megan Hetherington, Executive Director of HDSA, and my lovely co-host is Sheila DeVerter, board member of HDSA. And with us today is also our podcast producer and vice president of HDSA, Trent DeVerter. And And welcome welcome to to our podcast. (laughs) It's October. October. (laughs) What does that mean, Megan? What does October mean? We were at the Oxford in October. Yeah. Because it's spooky season. And also year round because they just have fabulous, fabulous food. Wow. They do. Yeah. It's okay. It's still early. (laughs) It's either too early or too late with us recording. And we'll just. What's the optimum time? Like 2 p.m.? 2 p.m. with a coffee. After lunch. Yeah. Then you're tired from digesting. So like 10, 1030. Isn't it that time it is right now? (laughs) Um, oh, did we just pass our, well, our grazing there goes that period? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, next time we're on, we'll be like, what time yeah. is it? You think after a year and a half. <laughs> but yeah, spooky that season. Was so fun. In the Oxford. Yeah. I ran into um, Craig on the sidewalk yesterday. Yeah. We couldn't talk to each other because we were like, I was in another meeting, but we were like, hey, Sup. I know you now. Yeah. So that was fun. I love adding to the Rolodex of people that yeah. you can like walk down the street and like wave high yeah, and you totally. recognize them really helps make the city, you know, feel so much smaller and so much more cozy. Mm-hmm. And, Making those connections. Right. And it was so nice getting to know Craig Swanson, I believe his last mm-hmm. name, and Rebecca Caden from the Oxford. Yeah, they and were fun. Just hearing the stories about such a monumental building, I guess, like, I don't know if monumental is a right word for it. Yeah, but I mean, I guess monumental can make you think like size wise. I mean, it is a big building. It is bigger. Yeah. However, as far as like what it holds right. internally. Right. All the stories, the history, mm-hmm. what's happened there. Yeah. That it's been basically a saloon. Yeah. For such a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was a like a general store before At that. One point, but yeah. for the most like for most of its life, yeah. it has operated as right a saloon eatery. Mm-hmm. With a little time in there when it was a brothel. But you know, Side history hustles. is gonna paint over <laughs> some of those stories. But that is where most of the interesting stories came from. Right. Which you're gonna hear on the podcast. And it was really fun to to hear the perspective of Craig being more of like the skeptic and the yeah. logical. And then Rebecca, who was totally into all the ghost stories the and the woo-woo. But yeah. she is the one who would hear that mm-hmm. from so many of the customers. And she'd yeah. have like her own experiences. And some of the other wait staff would have experiences right. like that there. Which, you know, I wasn't as scared as I thought I would be. But it's really interesting because Rebecca, she describes this a little more uh, in the podcast. She came into the job like without, you know, all of the, the his- knowing the history mm. of all of that. And she experienced 
a spooky yeah. event yeah. even before knowing that's all true of that. so it couldn't be all imagination right. yeah. so maybe there is some truth to it I don't know everyone's gonna have to go and find out for themselves but what I did really appreciate that we touched on and I just want to mention here because it's been kind of a theme lately and I mm-hmm. think it's so important is having business owners mm-hmm. that want to invest in the preservation mm-hmm. of the like the historic character of their mm-hmm. buildings, but also the storytelling, right? I think is what makes Nahomish what it is, right? Because you can have people come in and use the buildings mm-hmm. and maybe they preserve like the exterior, right. but he really was intentional about, I want mm-hmm. to absorb this experience that I'm having in this building right now right? and preserve that for the future. Right. And without that happening in so many different places within Snohomish, yeah. it really wouldn't be the right. place that it is. So we just want to acknowledge again, Craig's efforts and so many other business owners, building owners Mm -hmm. that do that. It's such an important part of our work at HDSA. And it really takes partnership from so many different people. Right. Private sector involves. So. And they take it even a step further, you know, with the work that Melody, Craig's mom, did Mm -hmm. inside the building and enhancing the character of the building and adding even more stories from outside of the building itself, right. but around Snohomish, you know, Craig uh, was talking about how uh, Melody, his mom, would go to estate sales to find the items that are now being showcased in the speakeasy mm-hmm. on the second floor. And it's a beautiful showcase and it has so much character, not just from the Oxford building, but surrounding Snohomish community yeah. and other areas. And, you know, like the dresses, the um Mrs. Blackman's dress, you know, uh-huh. not inherently from the Oxford building, but to use that space to showcase other Snohomish history, yeah. I think is really, really cool. Absolutely. Because when you have a town that's as historic as ours, mm-hmm. it's cool, right, to see the buildings and stuff, but yeah. you have to cultivate those areas of experience. And we want that so bad. And even visitors want that. So as we've been you know, doing our work, as we move forward and we're trying to cultivate those spaces, having business owners doing that on their own just because they love the character themselves and they want to have that as part of the experience in their business. I mean, it really is a benefit for them, too, but it's a decision. And I just appreciate that he was intentional with his choices. And it's just you know, something to not be taken for granted. For so. sure. And the preservation of it. Makes for a very cool experience. And as we were recording in the in the space and I want all the listeners, I feel like this is the special episode where you want to like listen for the extra background stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Um, because, you know, with the spooks. But one thing I don't know when Trent uh, edits this podcast, I'm interested to see if it comes through or not. But I swear there was one point when we were recording, probably in the first half of the recording. I kept hearing squeaks. Yeah. And I thought that it was one of our chairs, but I swear like we weren't moving and I was like wiggling in my to chair see to if see it was if, you. Yeah, if it was squeaking. <laughs> if the squeaks make it into the recording, it's going to be so yeah. cool. Well, I did share the experience that I had yeah. when I was talking with Rebecca that day and I still stand by that. I cannot, right. I cannot explain what that was. Yeah. And okay, just since we're on this topic, I'll be quick. But yesterday I was in the basement of the Marks building, Mm. which is just, you know, blocked down. Yeah. Okay. So I had heard Mm -hmm. that people have heard like metal clanging, banging Uh down there. It used to be a jail down there. Yeah. So it was, it was incredibly cool, like amazing. And I loved it. Loved the experience of the tour. So Tim Cross from Public Works was there checking some stuff out. And he and I were standing near each other. And this sound came booming through there. 
to the point where I almost grabbed onto him like, oh, my gosh, what is that? Like, I put my hands up and like yeah. lean towards him like, help, because it was so scary. And his eyes got really big and yeah. he looked and I was like, what was that? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm hoping it's a truck going by overhead. Yeah. But it did not like a metal clanging truck. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So I, maybe it's because I was on edge from being at the Oxford the day before. It is spooky season. <laughs> it was definitely like, what is happening in yeah. Snohomish? So there are those stories. <laughs> However, the historic preservation of the Oxford is incredible. Yeah. The food's amazing. Ownership is amazing. Right. And, you know, you might have a paranormal experience while you're there. Right. You should drop by and check it out. Yeah. Welcome to the episode with Craig and Rebecca on the Oxford. Woohoo. Yay. Sheila, Megan, here we are in the Oxford. Yes, and it's super like I love the mood here. It's moody in here. It's moody. Not only are we in the speakeasy, which I don't know if everyone knows, there's a speakeasy on the second floor of the Oxford, and it's amazing. Yeah, you have to come in and experience it just for the ambiance. And but I think it helps that it's like rainy outside, and the trees have changed colors, yep. and it's all you know Pacific it's not Northwest. Not 95 fall, degrees like it was three days ago. I am thankful. What was that about? <laughs> I think I'm done with summer yeah. for the rest of the year. But, Me too. Yeah, I'm ready for fall. Bring it on. Yeah, peak fall. Yep. But here we are in the Oxford and we have with us today the owner of the Oxford, Craig Swanson. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And Rebecca, I don't know what your actual title is, but you're just Oxford knowledge extraordinaire, story keeper of the Oxford. What would you call yourself? So uh, I'm Rebecca Cadden and I was the manager here for the Oxford um, for about Five and a half years. I've worked here for seven years. And then I transitioned to our sister restaurant a few months ago. So I am the story keeper of (laughs) the Oxford (laughs) of haunted history. Yes. So there's a little teaser that we're going to move into that throughout this podcast. And we're so excited to hear all those stories. I'm like trying to not get myself psyched up for any feelings that I have going on right now. (laughs) Don't take pictures of the mirrors. (laughs) I have an extremely overactive imagination. So I'm not going to get myself all psyched up. But Craig, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became the owner of the Oxford? What is your history here? And what's your journey been like as far as your Oxford legacy? I hadn't thought about that story in a while. And I figured that coming and chatting with you guys that that would come up. (laughs) So um, I thought about the other night. And it's a funny story. Because originally, my family and me came to town, not looking at the Oxford. Mm. In fact, we came to town to look at Stewart's. Stewart's. Oh, that's where was that? Yeah. So Stewart's used to be a a very local hometown bar up where Stewart's is located now. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was on the market. And we had decided that as a family, we wanted to get into the restaurant business. Uh I don't don't know why. (laughs) Uh, At hindsight, it was uh, it was a very adventurous decision. Yeah, that Uh, is. So we came up and we, we looked at Stewart's and if you're familiar with Stewart's, it had a lot of history there. It had a lot of legacy with the town, with the, the locals of this district down here. And we saw that there wasn't going to be a lot of benefit for us coming in and making any kind of changes or improvements because mm-hmm. a, a bar like that really has ingrained itself in its traditions mm. and its comfort of of not change. Right. Got it. So we decided like that, that wasn't going to work for us. However, fatefully... We had dinner downstairs in the Oxford Saloon that evening. Ah. And our server 
happened mm. to be the owner of the Oxford at the time. Oh, serendipitous. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a wonderful conversation with her and her husband, and we met the owner of the building. I want to say maybe three months from that date, we owned the Dang, Oxford. Wow. We owned the Oxford. And, and when so was this? What year? This was, um, this was in February of 2005. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. A while ago. So you've been here for a bit. For just, You're yeah. so young looking that <laughs> I, I wouldn't think that you would have had that much time to be a restaurant I know. I, you know, it, it, it's, it's very much a family affair. Uh, I just happen to be the family member, I think, with the least amount to do at the time. Oh, and so I default was... Default by exactly, availability. Exactly. But, but really, I, I would think I was the one that that took to it the best and I, mm. I enjoyed it yeah. um, the most. Uh, I, I appreciated not only kind of what the Oxford was or is, but also what, you know, what mm -hmm. Snohomish is. Mm -hmm. And I've been the one to, to be here the longest. I've been the one to move mm -hmm. up into the area and really kind of put roots down. So yeah. when you guys were looking at like between um, Stewart's, is that the name? Mm -hmm. Stews? Yeah. Uh, and the Oxford, were you guys looking at any other properties outside of Snohomish or were you intentionally looking at Snohomish? That's a good question. I, I I remember, I think there was a barbecue place in Everett. Uh -huh. And I think that I was the one to veto that pretty heavily, being able to, to just convince everybody, we don't know anything about barbecue. Uh -huh. So <laughs> let's let's not do that. Um, and, fair, and, fair and, point. And, and Stewart's is, you know, my family and me, we're just very dive bar kind of uh -huh. people. We really appreciate a very well-ran dive bar and the the comfort and the, mm -hmm. the community that comes along with that. Yeah. And so I think that's where the... It's, it's almost like a romantic idea of like, you know, we'll be little dive bar owners. And that's just that wasn't that's not how it works. You know, it's something yeah. that you 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 build and then you maintain over yeah. many, many years and decades. And then it kind of gets the moniker of, you know, dive bar. Lovingly. So would you classify yourself as a dive bar now? I you know, I sometimes I feel like that. <laughs> um, but but really this establishment and everything it has to offer, I, I don't think that we. We fall into that category mm -hmm. because of the quality of the food mm -hmm. that we produce here, the quality of the entertainment, the multiple floors of, of mm -hmm. the bars. You know, it's really it's a bigger production than something as, you know, that I could just, mm -hmm. you know, sit and run myself is yeah. kind of yeah. what I think. But so I'm interested to hear kind of what. I picked up on when you said that the other mm -hmm. option didn't really have a whole lot that you could come in and change and make your own. So the potential that you saw here in the Oxford, what was sort of the evolution of changes that you implemented, how you made it your restaurant? You also mentioned you have multiple levels here that kind of had those unique characteristics. If you could walk us through like how much of that was here that you kind of transformed versus what did you have to develop and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, institute for yourself? Just give us a little, I know that's a huge question, <laughs> no, no, but no. give us a little oh, wow. like summarized view of like, where your vision went, how you were intentional about that, yeah. what developed by just like, oh, let's try this and see what yeah. happens. What has know? happened since 2005, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. There you well, go. Thanks, yeah. Sheila. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's that's a great question. That first night I remember, but it was more about the conversation that we had with the owner. But then I came back a couple nights later and sat by myself. I didn't have anything on me to write, so I grabbed a, a beer coaster. It's a, it's a pyramid Hefeweizen <laughs> beer coaster. Please tell me you still have this. And I, of course oh, I do. That's amazing. Absolutely. I love it. And so I just wanted to really quickly just write down things that I noticed about the place and the the lighting, the music, just the whole ambiance of the place. 
So I kind of took these notes and I was like, okay, these are the things like you can't touch. These are the things mm. that like ah. made were magic to me mm. about it. And so like the live entertainment was mm-hmm. one. And so I didn't want to mess with that. But the the bar originally was a blues bar. Oh. It was a hundred percent blues music. Okay. Did not know that. And that was one thing that we definitely changed, not to everybody's appreciation. <laughs> there was quite a bit of backlash because it was cemented as a, such a blues establishment um, for so long. However, we learned through trial and error that more of a, a rock and roll, more of a top 40s approach, it generated more revenue. Mm, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was very much a business decision. We wanted to keep the live music. We mm-hmm. wanted to keep quality music, but we had to change the style of the music. And that was a significant impact mm-hmm. to the overall kind of health mm-hmm. of, of the business. The the, the aesthetics of the main floor, all, almost all of that is still the same. I believe that most of that was implemented by Scott Sabota in the oh, mid 90s. Yeah. It was a massive overhaul of the building. From my recollection is that the building was actually on the verge of being condemned. Oh wow. And so um Sabota had then acquired it and did the all of the engineering to the building yeah. and a lot of the fixtures and the this the small details as far as the trim and the mm-hmm. color choices that was all brought in by him and I realized that in a place like this I can't go in and start taking stuff off the walls because mm-hmm. I don't understand it or I want to, <laughs> you know, bring in something else. I just realized like that's that almost belongs more to Snohomish mm-hmm. and, it, and it adds a lot to the, the first time customers like, wow, look at all these. Right. There's so much eye candy on the main floor. There's there so many colors yeah. and textures and interesting pieces. And so that I didn't want to mess with. Mm. But the but the top floor in the basement, that didn't have a whole lot of a grab. It just mm-hmm. seemed like those were kind of afterthoughts. In fact, okay. the top floor was a bunch of different businesses. We're sitting oh. right now. Oh. If you notice that all of these rooms that um, it looks like one big room, but they were these hideaway doors. Gotcha. Yeah, so I've they would actually all, seen those. Those yeah. are super cool. So these were all individual rooms and offices up here. And slowly over time, they had moved out because we were starting to formulating a plan about what we were going to do with this space up here. And we knew mm-hmm. that long term, it wasn't going to be simple offices. There's just there's mm-hmm. just such a great opportunity right. to do more with this, right? right? The basement though, that's where, you know, aesthetically I was like, I love the idea that the main floor is kind of a little bit of this history of like mm-hmm. a general store and and I know we'll get into all that stuff. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to lean into that, you know, pioneer early, you know, uh, a late 1800s kind of feel to some of the stuff. But the basement, I was like, can we can we make this into almost like a, a like a cellar? Like what would like the the seller of the Oxford kind of look and feel like, or just at least kind of lean into that theming of it, right? Because I couldn't just make it a tiki bar. Yeah. Which I, I there was a Did there was, you a, hot, do there was that? a hot moment. I was I like, because I love a good tiki bar. I think that would be a great surprise, right? Because I, I love the hidden gems in places. Like I love the hidden bars uh, where you have to go through, you know, a bookcase and a thing and a thing. And then you're suddenly, you know, in the middle of the rainforest. Like, I, I love like I know she that's is on board with the tiki yeah. bar. idea. <laughs> I know that's not on brand with like Snohomish in general, but who doesn't love a yeah. good life? I mean, you could if you're going to pull it off anywhere, you could totally pull it off exactly. in Snohomish. So exactly. more that's, power to your that's, idea, that's, Craig. That's, I, that's I, I see where you were going. Bar, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we, we kind of we did that, you know, the old repurposed barn wood on the walls and we're still adding 
some some uh some touches and some details and stuff well, you kind of got your tiki bar like halfway there you have the lights up now the, <laughs> we do yeah, yeah we, we just which put, like, makes it it's, it's a game changer. yeah it's a huge game changer down i, I was thinking i think that when we originally kind of put the, the basement together i was like ooh, maybe we just have like that really kind of dark look to it where you know people want to be a little hidden away on and then the top floor it actually for a while we didn't get around to making it into a bar it actually started off as a hair salon Oh, we cleared this whole thing out and, and a young lady wanted to use it. it's a hair salon. And while you had the restaurant operational, there was a hair salon, a hair, salon hair salon up here, up here. Up okay. here, there's a hair salon. Yeah, it was called the it was called the Red Door, the Red Door Salon. I love that, oh. though, because like if anyone has ever gotten their hair colored, it takes like ages, like three, yeah. four five hours. Right. And the fact if I can grab a burger and get it shipped upstairs and I can be sta- snacking on fries while my hair develop. Was that, that part of your like model? The perfect. The perfect hair salon to yeah. me yeah we had, yeah we, if you wanted a beer or a glass of wine or exactly. something like that we got your hair done yeah it was a, a great little crew up here and they, and they were here for about four years i think and then they moved on and then the space just sat for a couple of years and right before i think early 2019 we were just like yeah, i think it's time mm. to start getting serious about doing something with this space yeah. because it's just sitting up here and then and then COVID. COVID happened. Yeah. So we didn't get the, we, no, we, we started the idea. We kind of, we workshopped it. And then really what happened is I gave my mother just a budget. I just said, just start going estate sales shopping and garage sailing. Nice. And just, I need, I need you to find interesting pieces. And this is kind of the theme I'm looking for. And just, we need to populate the place with like, have this, that the, what works on the main floor mm-hmm. is all those different interesting pieces. Let's start yeah. doing that upstairs. Let's make it very comfortable. Let's make it very warm. Mm-hmm. And, and it turned out fantastic. She and nailed so it. I think Good she job, did a great Melody. job. So this yeah. is her brainchild, really, the <laughs> space. Yeah. yeah. And she has some legitimate historical pieces in yeah. here. Like, I see Mrs. Blackman's dress right mm-hmm. there next to you, Sheila. Yeah. Probably haunted. Look out. Hopefully not moving or anything. No, yeah. not yet. And then she just popped up here right before we started and was showing us Madam Kathleen's, Kathleen's forsaken wedding dress, yeah. which yeah. we'll get into that more. But like those are substantial acquirements. Like she did a really good job. Right. And yeah. it looks fantastic up here. Yeah. That was a good call. Ask mom for help. Right? I, know. I, I give her a lot of credit because this is kind of right up her alley. Yeah. So she yeah. did a great job and fell into very much a speakeasy vibe. Yeah. You know, not very, not a whole lot of people know about it. And you come up here and it's a little, it's a surprise to everybody. Mm-hmm. That makes it even more special, I think. Because right? mm-hmm. it's like, if you get to go up in the Oxford speakeasy, it's like, have you been in there? Yeah. I have. And you it's know? kind of exclusive, like... Yeah, you're a real Snohomie if you've been up here. You yeah. Know, if you've enjoyed a glass of wine or a beer or a cocktail up here. So, yeah, speaking of the speakeasy, yeah. it was just featured. Is it Peter Greenberg? On PBS, Yeah, right? on PBS. Yeah. And we we have it on our Instagram page if anybody wants to look at as well as the Oxford does, too, because I saw you shared that. Mm-hmm. And so that really dives into like the actual history of the Oxford inside the building. You can see all these things that we're talking about if you haven't had a chance yes. to visit here yet and you want to get a sneak peek before you come in and get some amazing food. It talks about Madam Kathleen and yeah. some of those other yeah. things that we'll dive into. But it is cool that Snohomish is like it's on the map because we have so many incredible gems mm-hmm. like the Oxford that holds so much history and the decisions of business owners like you are essential in yeah. preserving that. That is the draw 
to yeah. Snohomish is a huge part of it. So thank you for developing that and creating that extra special thing that makes Snohomish such a great destination place that people really are interested in. Yeah, really the preservation part of it. I love how much you guys respect, you know, the yeah. parts that are already here and you're really you're putting the cherries on top, right? You're embellishing the things that are already here because I can see someone who might not be as invested into the culture that we have mm-hmm. here in Snohomish and just being like, you know, we're going to take out the super nice fireplace and just yeah. replace it with something m- new, you know, or we're going to tear down these pocket doors so that you can open up the space. I just I love the respect that people have with the architecture, with the buildings. Obviously, we need to make sure everything is, you know, gets maintained and up to code and whatever. But I think there's a line where we really love it when, you know, the businesses really do take care of the existing yeah. structure. And right. you guys are, are just featuring it really, really well. You know, something that I, I learned early on after really kind of submerging myself into Snohomish, because I, I had a, a small apartment across the street ah. in the Union Block building. So I oh. really early on, I was here all the time working. I lived in town. And, you know, one of the things I looked at, especially at the Oxford, is that I am one of a long line of caretakers yes. of this. I love right? that. It's a stewardship almost yeah. because this this business, this building, it it belongs more to the history mm-hmm. and the character of Snohomish. Yeah. And so me being here is is just like, I'm, I'm going to be here. My job is to make sure this thing doesn't fall over, yes. make sure it doesn't fall in disrepair <laughs> and, and maintain like yeah. the, the quality and the legacy that is. And then someday... I will be, I'll move on and somebody mm-hmm. else will step in my place. Right. Yeah. And a handful of times I've thought about that process of like, like is that going to factor into the decision making mm-hmm. that I have when, whenever that comes around of me, you know, selling the Absolutely, Oxford yeah. is that that has to be a part of the thing is making sure. sure that I'm going to have somebody come in here and turn it into an Applebee's or something, or something like that. Right. right. So it's important to me that maintain that integrity and maintain that history mm-hmm. and that legacy of what the Oxford is because yeah. the Oxford is so important to the history and character of this town that I want to make sure that we maintain that. Yeah. I love that you have that perspective and that you honor that position as, you know, essentially like you, you put it so beautifully that you are in this long line of stewardship that spans centuries. Like that is a really privileged place to be. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're not just thinking about yourself or your business, but like the development of the entire brand that really focuses on these special attributes that this building has and preserves it for the future. Mm-hmm. It's advocacy like that. Like that's everyday advocacy that you're choosing to do. And that's so important for districts like this. And that's why we love partnering and highlighting businesses like yours, because mm-hmm. it is so much more than just Craig Swanson's business at the Oxford. Like you're really pouring into something that's mm-hmm. so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate your mindfulness and your dedication to that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So thank you for mm-hmm. your work there. And it's such a keystone building to this strip, you know, like whenever you see pictures of going down First Street, you know, there's some buildings that pop out and the Oxford is definitely one of them that comes to mind when you think of Snohomish. So I think preserving that is really fantastic. And speaking of, you know, hundreds of years of history and stewards of the building, I think there's probably some past stewards with us here right Right. now, right? Like you're, you're in that lineage. You have your own group, your posse of old stewards that 
yeah, might, might, might still be looking over your shoulders and helping you take care of the building now. Yeah. Uh-huh. As Melody was hinting to, they didn't like the artwork she put up, so they right. just kept oh, knocking yeah. it down. <laughs> nope, we don't like that painting. Get it out of here. Yeah, we have interior design uh, standards. What are we going to put up? What are we going to take down? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this building has a whole lot of history to it. And we were talking before the podcast here about how some of it is speculation. Some yeah. of it has been verified actual history. So yeah. we would love to hear some of your stories i know rebecca like you shared you are the story yeah I so think, at the forefront what is it that you want to like get out there right now <laughs> right, right now yeah. so i i think i have more stories than craig does when it comes to this only because you know craig is more of our little business skeptic so whenever i go to him and i'm like this happened and he's like oh, stop yeah. oh, stop when i first started working here at the oxford I walked in the very first day and it was just, I mean, it's amazing vibe that I mm-hmm. felt in here when I came in. And and I don't think I really actually knew mm-hmm. that it was haunted. Ah. I, I just walked in and I just felt this like amazing vibe, energy of the history of everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a, I'm a history person. I love mm-hmm. history. And so I think it was probably the first week that I worked here as a weekend. It was like a Friday or a Saturday night. And up here was literally storage rooms. Mm. Like there was, there was nothing in any of these rooms. And I went to use the bathroom up here. And before we, we changed the bathroom tile in there, the tile sat a little bit lower. So the door didn't stay open as well, Mm. but I um, was coming out of the bathroom and I walked to the stairs and I had my converse on. I remember I was wearing my converse (laughs) and I started walking maybe like three steps down and I heard the door creak and I turned around and I didn't see anything. And I, I, turned back around to walk back down the stairs. And all of a sudden I heard these heavy boots walking behind me coming from the bathroom towards me. And I turned back around and there was nothing there, but I could still hear (laughs) the boots. And I went flying down the stairs (laughs) and um, I could hear the boots walking down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Now, interesting story. So that's the first week, right? Uh Okay. The very last shift, that I worked here on the floor was the car show of the of oh, yeah. days before this year. Uh, this year, before I moved straight over to our sister restaurant over in Everett, so um, I was walking up the stairs from the cellar, mm-hmm. and I got to the last couple of stairs going up to the main floor, mm-hmm. and again I heard heavy boots from the bottom of the stairs walking up behind me. And I turned around because I thought there was a... Someone there? Yeah, I thought there was... um, And this was... This one... (laughs) Hold my hand, Sheila. Was... (laughs) This one was in like three o'clock in the afternoon because it was the end of my shift. Yeah. And I turned around because I thought it was a staff that was behind me. Mm-hmm. No one was there. And I just basically said, nope. Yeah. And I walked the last three <laughs> steps up, four steps up. And I just said, nope, you, I'm done. Like, yeah, you, like- you guys had your little fun with this. We're done. But in between that time for the seven years, there has been a plethora mm. of stories, not only that I've experienced firsthand, mm. but that staff has experienced mm-hmm. that 
regulars have experienced or just guests in general. We've had guests who have not been able to stomach being in certain parts of the Mm. building because of things that have happened. I remember... I think it was right when COVID started and I was downstairs in the cellar and this was before we like changed everything downstairs with like the barn wood and everything, making it really nice for when we like reopened, Mm -hmm. right? So we started kind of remodeling stuff back then and it it was really creepy down there and I hated the (laughs) cellar. I well, I didn't hate it. Okay. Well, I, I, I hated being down there because it creeped me out. So one of the funny things about the basement bar is that the light switch, the whole place uh-huh. is actually, you have to go behind the bar and into this small stock room we have down there. And oh. then you can click it off. And then I hate the, it when people do that. And it blacks out, right? <laughs> so if you watch, so one of them, I mean, yeah, it cracked me up because you watch the cameras on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, most of the people are closing up at two, three in the morning <laughs> and you just all of a sudden you see somebody come down. And they go down around the bar and then the lights click out and yeah. then they are sprinting <laughs> as fast they can get out of the basement. I'm I like, feel like oh, that is one. awesome. You need like those Indiana Jones like torches that you put right by with the, the stairs. Yeah. Right? With the tiki theme. There you go. There you, oh, Point number two, oh, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, they can <laughs> carry the torch over to the bar. They switch it off and then they can have light. It's like those uh, Instagram reels. Have you ever seen those where people like make a video about what's in their imagination when they're turning their light off and you show the guy chasing them up the stairs? Like that's what's it's, in everybody's yeah, minds exactly. when they're here. <laughs> Well, there are interesting stories that are like heritage ghost stories here at the Oxford. And Mm -hmm. so I know that we have Madam Kathleen. Yeah. Because this was a brothel. Yes. Yes. Upstairs was, right? But I'm curious. Hence all the doorways and the numbers and the little intercoms (laughs) that are like the old school intercoms that would be like communication for like, hey, lady, uh, (laughs) your client's here for you. So Madam Kathleen has a pretty tragic story herself. And... Would one of you like to share that with us? I know we've heard it speculated upon. Taylor shares it where, I mean, I'll preface it with the knowledge that I do have because I literally just watched her PBS special that she was on. And basically what she shared was that, you know, Snohomish was built off of logging. Like that was the Mm -hmm. industry that was here. Young men were flooding here because they could make a lot of money. And what more did they have to spend their money on when they're young single dudes than Booze and booze and, and ladies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a brothel and it was highly frequented. Mm-hmm. I think she said that some priest or something came to Snohomish and called it a cesspool of vice. vice yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 So that was like the activity that historically was going on here at the Oxford. So Madam Kathleen, whose wedding dress we saw in the corner, was supposed to get married. Never happened mm-hmm. because... What's the story there? Yeah. So some speculate that she killed herself. We had a gentleman come in right before COVID. So August of 2019, he came in and he did something a little bit different. And he didn't use like any type of like actual EMF machines or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It was a tape recorder and they were it was going to be on a TV show. Mm. And they were just doing up here and they were just going to do reenactments and it was overnight. So all the other everything was closed down. We weren't even open up here yet. Mm -hmm. Everything was like all storage. So they were up here doing shots for the reenactments. And I was down on the main floor and I heard this huge crash in Mm -hmm. the kitchen and I'm used to this stuff. And so about 
two to three minutes later, they come running down the stairs Mm -hmm. asking me if I'm okay. And I said, I'm, I'm fine. Why? And they said, well, we, we heard you screaming, help me, help me. And I said, no, no, I I wasn't (laughs) screaming anything. I heard a huge crash, but I, I wasn't screaming, help me, help me. And they said, well, we clearly heard someone screaming, help me, help me. And again, I (laughs) went back on the camera up here and we had the, you can actually um, hear on the microphone, you can hear someone Mm -hmm. screaming, help me, help me from within the building. Mm -hmm. And so we come up here and lights are off Uh because we decided that this was good time to go ahead and start doing this little why thing. Not? So <laughs> why not turn all the yeah, lights off right? when this is happening? <laughs> um, so he has the recorder, uh-huh. right? So the, this tape recorder is an Olympus tape recorder. And he, and there's about six of us and we're all quiet while he's asking a question. He's not touching it while mm-hmm. he's asking a question. And then he hits record and you can hit it, see him hit record. And then he stops it. And then you can hear the answers, Uh right? And it's all very distorted, but clear answers to his questions. Mm. And all they kept on saying was, and it was two men Uh that were talking. And because he was asking about the woman, well, at first he was talking about the one that was killed in, or that killed herself in the bathtub. Which is not Madam Kathleen. Which is, uh, a separate, no, yeah. Uh, and they didn't get any answer on that. But uh-huh. then they kept on talking about the woman that was killed on the stairs. Mm. And the two men and the two men, the, the, the spirits mm-hmm. were the ones that were bringing this up. And they kept on saying it was a murder. It mm. was a murder. It wasn't a suicide. It was Edward. He was a jazz musician. He was hired and kept on saying cover up, mm-hmm. but they were very specific. I mean, Edward mm-hmm. got thrown under the bus on <laughs> all of this, right? So they kept on saying that Edward was hired to kill this woman uh-huh. and he shoved her down the stairs uh-huh. and then it was a cover up, made it look like a suicide. Yeah. And so I go back into the Washington State Ghost Society transcripts because we have them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when the mediums had come in for the Washington State Ghost Society and they were speaking to the spirits here up in the brothel, the one thing that each and every medium had said on different years had they had all said the spirits are really scared of Edward. Oh wow. And so Edward still hangs out here? I, I don't know if Edward is still here <laughs> or maybe Edward decided to leave after everyone yeah. realized that he they was don't a like murderer. him. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's probably not the most like, popular <laughs> spirit in here. Yeah. So <laughs> we talk about how the girl had been found in the closet. Mm-hmm. And so after that took place, I was thinking, I wonder if that was the madam mm-hmm. who was found in the closet. Yeah. Because then I think after we got the dress, it was brought up that it was the same story because I hadn't talked to Melody or Brittany. Mm-hmm yet about the the whole story of the dress mm-hmm. but i think that the gentleman from the historical society had brought up about how the madam was engaged to the, a police officer who right before they were supposed to get married mm-hmm. had hired somebody to kill her mm, and because he was a police officer it was covered up ah. and so she was the one that was found in the closet dun 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 yeah. seriously yeah 
I feel so sad for that wedding dress in the yeah. corner that never got yeah. worn. I mean, as you were sharing all those things, I just kept thinking like there has been so much history that happened in this building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like if the walls could talk, yeah. right? right? The things that you would hear that went down in this building. You know, I think what, and you guys might be able to confirm this, but the Oxford was established in 1910. Mm-hmm. It's been a it's been a, a bar or a saloon or a tavern for that long. Yeah. I got stories from just the last 18 years that like nobody believes. <laughs> really? Just regular, you know, business stuff. But yeah. just Non-spirit imagine. Yeah. Not <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, people imbibing a bit too much alcohol and doing yeah. crazy things. So I can only imagine the stuff that's taken place in an establishment for that long. Back in the day. Being, yeah. you know, a saloon tavern yeah. is wild. Well, I've had people come in who had been in here. I mean, yeah, people talking about how they had been in here, you know, when they were little, little when Mm -hmm. they were kids being brought in here by their grandparents or their parents, (laughs) you know, and and but I remember having um, a gentleman come in and he was saying there's a bunch of bullet holes that. Because where the wallpaper is now, there's a bunch of bullet holes in the walls. But I know that even, you know, going up to Stewart's, where Stewart's was, where Speed is now, if you look up in the ceilings Mm -hmm. or in the wall in the very back, you can see the bullet holes back there, too. So you can only imagine that if that's true there, then it must be, you know, a thing where the wallpaper is covering it up. I don't know if that if you saw that with the wallpaper at all when you guys got the place no that's wild though i I believe it yeah i mean i don't think that the snow that snohomish was some sort of quaint little let's go shopping and get some (laughs) lunch (laughs) (laughs) we really developed that over the years but the history like you know the stack up of history as well i mean i know that there's plenty of things that have happened here in snohomish that are not the most favorable but wow does it give us some cool stories yeah you know some interesting characteristics that you get to experience and even just like the vibe of imagining what that must have been like i'm glad i brought rebecca along because when it comes to like the spiritual side of the oxford which the oxford has a very uh interesting past like we talked about just like a lot of wild things happening here and, and people have passed away on premise but um, just so the your guys' listeners know, there's not like crazy things happening all the time. No. This is a family-friendly no. no. environment. <laughs> hey, we have great food here. People come and dance and have a great time. Yes. Not everybody's dying here or haunting the place. So they're going to get scared out of their minds. Oh. I mean, it, that sometimes I'm a, I'm a little sad that like I don't have any of these experiences yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I've spent many nights here by myself closing yeah. down. And one thing I'll say, these old buildings, they, they just, they're always kind of settling they're creaking so, and cracking yeah, exactly so you're going to hear noises you know pops and cracks so that's yeah. kind of what i attribute it to and because there's multiple floors like you know you don't know if somebody is there with you at night like yeah. that so it's definitely a, a kind of a creepy yeah. building to be in at night but uh, unfortunately but it's a secure building it's a very yeah. secure yes. building, yes. Very secure building. <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time i i would say that you have your your moments. I I would say probably October if you like the haunted season. October is the one month they're going to be very very Spooky. active. <laughs> but then after that, it's like they it's yeah. not it it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go down the logical road with you for a minute here, Craig. So, um, I like like I said, I have an overactive imagination, but I also am a pretty highly logical person. You know, 
on, on any given day. That's usually just how I function. So what I'm hearing is like, there's a lot of cool stories here and we hype ourselves up, right? Mm -hmm. So the peak spiritual experience is happening in October. I'm sure there is the element of people's imaginations as they're coming in here with those expectations that they're going to see, quote unquote, air quotes there, (laughs) the extra spiritual things happening or the heightened activity when that might be the contribution of the expectation you're bringing in with you in hopes that you're going to see or experience something. I will say, though, (laughs) I've been in here several times and it's usually just plain old, you know, having a great time at the Oxford, getting some good food, hanging out with the fam, listening to some music. And when I was in here with you, Sheila, and we were talking about some HDSA stuff with Rebecca, Rebecca and I were over at the bar up here in the speakeasy, just chatting away. And all of a sudden there was this voice that came from somewhere by the window that sounded like a male's voice whispering, almost digitized in some way, Uh like it was coming through a speaker. Yeah. And it was super random, didn't really make it didn't wasn't any like legible word. Mm -hmm. But you and I both were like, whoa, (laughs) what was that? (laughs) So with that, I will say like it wasn't scary, but it was definitely like I couldn't identify what it was. Right. It didn't sound like anything that would have come from a person, from a machine, from outside. It was like very specific sounding. I think. And that that day I was like, I'm a believer. There's stuff here in the Oxford. And that was not my imagination. And I saw your response to it in real time. Yeah. So how did we both come up with that? Yeah. Impossible. Exactly. That's part of the (laughs) charm, you know, like sometimes it's the manifestation, like you were saying, the more, especially in spooky season, deep October, you know, some people are just like, they want to do that. So they might be just hyper aware, Mm -hmm. you know, like, do I go into every building and just like look into every corner, making sure nothing moves? And do I hyper focus my hearing to make sure there's no creaks? Right. I don't. Right. So there's probably things that happen all the time that I don't notice, but when people want to see yes. it, I feel like they get extra sensitive. You know, right. And they're yeah. like, show me something. Yeah, exactly. Show me something. But yeah. I think it's it's charming. I but feel yeah, like, usually know. what you'll hear here are, is, is laughter, right. great conversation, great incredible food. live music. <laughs> yeah. Like there is always so much going on here. And I love that no matter what day of the week it is, if you're mm-hmm. walking by here, there's so much vibrancy and yeah. people just enjoying their time in Snohomish. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really what the Oxford speaks of the most is like it's yeah. this community gathering place place for visitors to come like no matter whether you're a local or a visitor Mm -hmm. you're gonna love your experience at the oxford and it's such a fun unique place to spend your time with that being said i would love to hear a little bit from you craig what's been like the biggest privilege or your favorite part about your ownership here over the last couple decades now right yeah so uh, there's 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 a couple things that come to mind one of them is when we're out and not only just in one, I know it's happened a handful of times outside the state, but a lot of times within the state that we'll be having a conversation with somebody and like, oh, well, what do you mm-hmm. do? And I go, well, I, I own a, I own a, a bar restaurant and, and oh, where at in Snohomish? Okay. Oh, oh, I've been, I've been, which one? And I, it's yeah. the Oxford Saloon. And I've been there. I love oh, that yeah. place. And how many yeah. times that I get that reaction mm-hmm. from all over the state. It's just, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, you know, I'm like, I'm proud. Yeah. Right? yeah I'm, you I'm, should and, be. You know, yeah, I, and so, so I love that feeling. And when I have people for the first time, because once in a while, mm-hmm. I'll get behind the bar uh, mm-hmm. during the day and yeah. I'll help the girls out, you know, making drinks or busting tables or whatnot. But one of my favorite things to do is to kind of work mm-hmm. the bar and talk to people and be like, oh, you yeah. know, what are you, are you guys in town 
from out of state. You guys just come, what brought you to Snohomish? Yeah. And just like talking to people that have never been to town and hearing their feedback on, mm-hmm. oh my God, I never knew this was here. Oh, there's so much great shopping and everybody has been so nice. And then I get to share like, oh, well, you got to go check out this in mm-hmm. town and go check out that. How long are you here? Okay, well, you have a couple of days. You got to go see this, this. And just that interaction with people is just yeah. being in a place where they're so receptive to that because mm-hmm. there's just yeah. so much, there's so many great things about the Oxford, about this city or this town. And mm-hmm. so that's always, that's probably my absolute favorite thing to do. I wish I had more time just yeah. to hang out here and just to meet new people and, and mm-hmm. talk to the customers about the Oxford and, and Snohomish. That's for, for sure the highlight for me. I love that's that. so funny because that's how I met Rebecca actually is she was working behind the bar. Trent and I came in for lunch and, you know, we were having our burger and our fries and just having a good time. And <laughs> we started chatting with Rebecca and I was like, oh, you're the manager here. Yeah. And then we got connected with like HDSA stuff. So yeah, yeah, love that. And I appreciate that you share with people that are coming in that you're like, while you're here, make sure you check out this, this and this. And like, I think that's one thing that makes our business district so special is that everyone is here advocating for each other Mm -hmm. because we know that we're, yeah, we're all these individual contributors to the overall experience that you're getting. And one element of that missing takes away from the experience that you get. And you're also providing that extra value to your customers who are mm-hmm. coming in, you know, so it's not just coming into the Oxford and experiencing the Oxford, but it's also like you're almost establishing extra loyalty mm-hmm. to your business by giving them them that extra advice or the insiders, right? The insiders. Scoop. What am I looking for here? Thank you. Scoop yeah. test. And what do you do in Snohomish? Sometimes when I'm like rambling on trying to get like two words out, I can go to Sheila and she puts it in We're a nice clean package. But I think that's such a great way to run your business because it's so collaborative and it does come back to you in the end. You it know? really does. Yeah. yeah. I, nobody nobody wants to have, you know, mm-hmm. their their server bartender sit there and be like, just, you know, kind of yeah. poo-poo on other businesses <laughs> yeah, in town. Yeah, or like, right. don't go to C Avenue, you know, or yeah. something like that. Uh, nothing can see Avenue. But I understand that people walking up and down First Street, mm-hmm. I'm the Oxford might not be their cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I, oh, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, we're they look at a menu like eh, mm-hmm. not what we're looking for. And I'll be immediately be like, OK, well, if you're if you're looking for this, these yeah. are in walking distance. You got this over here. Go walk down the street a little bit further and you get these and you yep. just give them all these options. Yeah. And you're like and you want their the main thing is I want. Every customer that comes into, you know, every person, but every customer coming to Snohomish is to realize mm-hmm. just like how great this place is because you're exactly right. What are they going to do? They're yeah. going to tell their family and friends, oh, I exactly. had such an amazing day trip to Snohomish. we yeah. got to go back. Yeah. And they then they make a tradition out of it because it really is. There's just so many great pieces and, and so many great things about this town. Why Absolutely. not share it with, with people and, and exactly. spread the word? Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, when you have small towns, especially like Snohomish or you go to other small towns, it's always nice when you have have a small town camaraderie mm-hmm. absolutely you know yeah. and and everyone is just kind of and first street has always been pretty known you know to have that mm-hmm. you know where someone's asking me what my favorite shops are i'm yeah go down like i'm basically <laughs> saying every all store all the way down <laughs> and everywhere and, yeah you know but it, it every place on first street has such unique highlights mm-hmm. that you know, it has a taste for every single yeah, person. We're you know? complimenting and, each other. Yeah. And I think that 
when you have that, everyone's going to look and, you know, you don't want to ever just gatekeep your own mm-hmm. business because then, you know, you, it's not, yeah. it's Make not what a town is for about. everyone yeah. instead yeah. of a bigger slice yeah. for one yeah. individual. For, so. for this being a destination, it does not work without all the pieces here. Yeah, if there so was true. just five restaurants here and nothing else to do yeah like then you know that the people can come here to eat but what else they can do with their time or if there's just retail here Mm -hmm. and there's nowhere to eat right right so it works all together and i've had a couple pretty significant let's call them debates within the family (laughs) uh and one of the and, and one of the ones that i'm on the outside of is always being appreciative and advocating and supportive of more bars mm-hmm. on this this street and, and mind you not like you know turn this into like some crazy bar you know, hopping yeah, yeah but, but, <laughs> right. but just like because we are a destination spot yeah. and yeah. so i want the more businesses the more diversity of those types of businesses mm-hmm. of restaurants and bars it makes us a destination and it so that's totally, why totally does if if any of the listeners or listeners out there have not been to first street mm-hmm. on a friday and saturday night it is yeah. wild yeah at this small town <laughs> of how, how many we have nine we're nine about town, 90 800 yeah, so within the city people. proper yeah it's it, that's still you know in this day and age i think that's still kind of a small number but it the is numbers that's also are, a 2020 census so who knows <laughs> oh, where we're at. So, but, <laughs> but it's it's pretty crazy how many people from the surrounding areas come in to first street because they yeah. know that the density of great bars mm-hmm. great restaurants good food lots of live entertainment uh, and if we just had one or two bars mm-hmm. down here they just wouldn't have that same right. draw yeah. yeah no you're totally right well, and just think about how many people came up when Snohomish kind of opened back up, but King County was still kind of shut uh, down. Right. You know, we had so many people coming up yeah. from those areas mm-hmm. because we were more open mm-hmm. yeah. up here and our restrictions were a little bit less than, you know, King County was. And yeah. It's so, just bigger breathing room, I yeah. think, here because we're not as dense, right? Like right, we were right. able to be safe and still do business, yep. fortunately, yeah. in a safe manner. But yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah. So well, I love how you both talked about things that you love. This is kind of always our closing question. You transitioned just right into it. So (laughs) we always end the podcast with describe your perfect day in downtown Snohomish. What would that look like for you? That's a great question. I I I know mine. Okay, you start with yours because I want yours. Okay. So I think my perfect day. And I think both of you ladies know that I like to have my little wine tastings and <laughs> charcuterie boards and things like that. I love that. this yeah. charcuterie board. Yeah. So <laughs> I think my perfect day would be, you know, like the little shopping and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it also depends on <laughs> what time of year it is. What is your favorite time of year in Snohomish? Oh, it's- fall. Oh, Big yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody. It's always <laughs> Okay. Well. Fall, but also summer. Mm. Okay, I do. I do love summer. So September, it might be your ideal month. Yeah, I would say September, October Mm -hmm. are probably my ideal months. And then I would say um, spring. Mm -hmm. I love the spring minus the cottonwood. Um, And then the the summer because everything here when it blooms. So I lived in Arizona for sixteen years. So Uh you know nothing blooms down there everything is there all year long right so they um when i see the gray of winter Mm -hmm. turn into like the start of like spring but like the the first part of summer where everything is just bloomed out and it's so 
so pretty here yeah. mm-hmm. and coming down into the valley from, you know, the Everett trestle mm-hmm. and going through or even going on low river road, mm-hmm. gorgeous. my favorite yeah. during, during that time. I love it during the summertime, um, fall because yeah. I love the pumpkin patches <laughs> and the corn mazes. Okay, what's your date? What's, okay, what's, okay. what's your day look like? Oh, sorry. Talking about um, seasons. I love that, that you have so many things you love. It's okay. too hard to consolidate it down. <laughs> Shopping. Yes. So doing my shopping mm-hmm. um, at my little stores that I love going to. You're and allowed to say names. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I love Edit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Edit and Rhapsody and Joyworks. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, Sweet Bee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've moved, haven't they? I think yeah, they did think they move. Have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Moss. Maple and Moss. Ma- Maple and Moss. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all of them are really great, but I I really think that Edit and Rhapsody are probably my favorites. They've two got your favorites. heart. Yeah. I also love that Rhapsody has a dog. Tanya has a dog yeah. in there, and I just love saying hi put to a the dog, dog on it, and she was on board. And I like I I think like the ladies that own mm-hmm. both of those places, I'm have more acquaintance relationships yeah. with them because they come sure. into the Oxford quite a bit. So yeah. I like I love going into those places and yeah. then just kind of hanging out and then having a little bit of wine. Yeah. Just kind of hanging out and then. Yeah. During the summertime, I like sitting out on the patios. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's awesome. my perfect thing. It's it's, I love it. Yeah. And then ending at the pumpkin patch <laughs> and the corn maze. Okay. Right. okay. Okay. Nobody holds it against you okay. that you can't consolidate this because right. it's all it just is a so tough great. Question, it know? is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Craig's like, I'm so, ready. Yeah. No, no, okay, no. okay. So here, here's my perfect day. It's definitely October. Yeah. It's a Sunday. Okay. It's a Seahawk Sunday. So there's a, so there's a Seahawk game in there. This is very so specific. I'm going to yeah. start off. I'm going to have breakfast at Jake's. Ooh, okay. Nice. I'm going to got, and I, my, I bring my kids there all the time. I love the place. Uh, we'll walk down. I got to get a walking coffee from looking class. Mm-hmm. And then I walk down the street. I start doing shopping all the way down to D Avenue. So just popping in one of yeah. um, there's what's the, um, that's two story um, antique shop down there. Uh, the mall, the antique yeah. mall. Yeah, antique. Yeah, thank you. Just uh, <laughs> and you know what's one of my favorite things to do is look for old bar memorabilia. Oh, like I find like old like yeah. um, Oxford tokens what? and old and Chubbs. Um, Chubbs used to be a bar where the Pie Dive Bar was, and so uh, they'll have like little wooden nickels and stuff like that. Oh, that's so for cool. yeah, so I, I, they you know I, I look for that kind of thing. Do some shopping. Grab some fish tacos from Andy's. Mm-hmm. Um, walking up the other side of the street, I'll stop in. I'll have a drink at the Pie Dive Bar. I'll have lunch here at the Oxford. I'll have a hamburger because. Um, <laughs> Oh, you have the best. Just put in your we hamburger. Straight up, just, yeah. you, know, you, have to, you have to hit the Oxford. You got to stop and have a, a beer and a, and a hamburger at the Oxford. Watch the game at Who's. Mm. After the game, go to Kasha's and have like a nightcap, like a, a glass of wine. Yeah. And if they're still open, grab a cookie from the Snohomish Pie Company. Yeah. And then, that was excellent. Or if you want pizza. There you go, everybody. Um, it's you your pizza, Sunday yeah. schedule. Yeah, that is thorough. I like <laughs> I that you made yeah. a whole loop. He really did. A whole yeah. loop, yeah, yeah. a walking yeah. coffee. I love that term. I'm going to coin that. Yeah, I like yeah. that too. Would you like to get a walking coffee with me, Megan? I would. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So Always. That's, yeah, that's my that's Well my done. Thing. I love it. I like it. Yeah. Mine was just really sporadic. But you guys, <laughs> I think that was so perfect because as, I mean, we don't know you very well, but yeah. today was a nice time to have a little more insight to you both and your dynamic with each other, the way you 
you summed up that question was exactly what we've been seeing throughout this whole interview. And it was very genuine to what your relationship is most likely like working with each other. And I I appreciate that. (laughs) You've been doing a great job. We are, we, this is so toned down for you guys. I I was like, just, let's just turn it down a little bit. We've talked about having a Snohomish After Dark podcast. So if that ever comes out with special editions, we'll invite you for that. And that's, you know, specific listeners only. And you can unleash, like, bring your wine, say whatever you want to say. Yeah. That is funny. That's going to eventually have to happen, I think. That'd be fun. Thank you so much to both of you for sharing all of this wonderful stories, like the spooky and the non-spooky. You know, we love, uh, me as a consumer, I love hearing just like who the people are that own a lot of the businesses downtown. Because I want to know, who am I supporting? You mm-hmm. know, like I, I love just that interpersonal connection that we can have because we are a smaller community. I think that's one of the luxuries in yeah. Snohomish. And thank you for sharing all of that. I'm really glad that in 2005, you guys decided to hop on over here and open up. Me too. And continue the stewardship of the Oxford Saloon. Like, yeah, that's absolutely. Wonderful. Right on. Thank you so much for all the contributions you're bringing to Snohomish. Right. It's not the same without business owners and credible managers and people that just pour their heart and soul into the community. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you Thank very you. much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Snohomish Storytellers. Keep writing those stories and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Snohomish Storytellers. Brought to you by the historic downtown Snohomish Association, produced by Red Trucks.